it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's a new day, a new week, and a new episode of the Business Beauty Network podcast. Welcome, welcome. Happy Monday. I'm super, super excited to bring today's episode to you. Before we get into the episode, be make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you're listening. You don't want to miss an upload, so subscribe to the podcast. And if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe on YouTube as well. Subscribe at Biz Beauty Network and on the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you're listening, make sure that you leave us a review. Sharing is caring as well. So if you know someone in the beauty industry who this podcast would add value to, share the podcast and let us know that how you're liking it. You can follow me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor. I'm looking forward to connecting with you there. And you can also follow the podcast Business Beauty Network, Business Beauty Network on all social media outlets. But I am super, super excited about today's podcast. I had a phenomenal interview with Janice Frederick Spell of the Retail Genius. She has a wealth of knowledge on the beauty supply industry. As you know, this is a dominated industry and it can be harder for some other people to get into it, but Janice has all the secrets, all of the tips on how to build a successful beauty supply business. And we really, really had a great conversation learning more about her and all the great awesome things that she's doing within her business. So here is a little bit of her bio. Janice Frederick Spell is a natural born hustler from New York City. At the young age of 24, Janice cashed in her retirement accounts and forged ahead with the dream of opening Fabulous Freddy's, a beauty supply boutique in her hometown. Her first store opened in 2010, and she went on to open her second location in 2012, and she launched her website shortly after that, Fabulous Freddy's.com, and she's doing phenomenal things. In 2018, she came up with a great idea to help other people do exactly what she had done through her success in the beauty supply industry, and she launched The Retail Genius. The website is an outcome of her great mind and thought of enabling entrepreneurs to navigate the retail industry in a most convenient manner. With years of of experience, she gained a good amount of knowledge and in retailing and beauty supply industry that can help indulge in providing consulting services, webinars, and products to potential clients. And she shares so many gems, guys. She's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this industry. So if you're thinking about opening your own beauty supply, have you ever thought about anything like that? I think this is going to be a great one for you. And make sure that you are subscribed and you share this website. Um, share the Share the episode with anyone you think that it will add value to. Let me know like how you're loving it. Let me know what you're thinking and everything about it. And make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and share that as well. But I think you're really, really going to enjoy this awesome, awesome interview. I'm glad to have Janice on the final episode of the month for Black History Month. I just encourage you to pursue your dreams and just believe in yourself and remember that you will only lose if you quit. But here is today's episode and here it goes. 
Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Brandy Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, Janice Frederick-Spell. Welcome, Janice. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you here. So Janice, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Um, so, uh, fun fact, I guess, before I started in, um, beauty, entrepreneurship, all that stuff, I was a police officer for the NYPD here in New York city. Yes. Um, it was short lived, but, um, I was a police cadet throughout my entire college career and then graduated and became a police officer. And then was like, okay, let me, let me switch. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no one, no one knows that. No one knows that about me. Interesting. <laughs> I, I come from a family of law enforcement, so it just seemed like the right thing to do. Um, but yeah, totally pivoted from that. <laughs> oh, so thanks for sharing that. So you you saw quickly on that that wasn't the path for you, huh? Yeah. So yeah. So like literally, while I was in the police academy, um, I got a call for another job um, to work for the U.S. Treasury Department, which is what I went to school for. Um, and th- like when I graduated, it was the peak of the mortgage crisis. So if you remember that there was like no jobs, there was nothing going on. So I was like, you know, let me just do something that seems stable. Um, something that I was already doing for like four years already with being a police cadet. Um, I worked in my community precinct. So, you know, I had the support there already. Um, but then I, yeah, I got the call to work for the U S treasury department, um, because I, studied finance. I went to business school, studied finance. So you can imagine if you go to business school, you're studying finance um, and then there's no finance jobs, you know, what do you do? But thank God I got that call. um, And then I signed up with the U.S. Treasury Department as a bank examiner. Cool, cool. You know, when I was in high school, I don't know if this, they have this program where you're from, but we had like vocational school, they call it Botech. And, Mm -hmm. And you could take a trade outside Mm -hmm. of school. So many people would take like cosmetology and things like that. And in fact, back then, that's what I thought I wanted to do, but the cosmetology program was full, right? So I took a law enforcement and (laughs) (laughs) yes, like they sent us through like the mini police academy type thing. Yeah. And all that, yeah, (laughs) all that stuff. And um, I remember we had to like frisk on somebody. So there, there was a cop to come in and demonstrate, like have her, how you, how you kick her legs open and, yeah. you know, and, and all, and how you hold. Wow, they taught you all that, huh? Yes. <laughs> and when he started kicking the person's legs open and trying to demonstrate on his partner what we were supposed to do when we arrest someone, I said, yeah, I would never be a cop. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like, this is not it. This is, this can't be it. But honestly, I, I just took the class because cosmetology was a football and I wanted to get away from school for three hours. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, but that's an interesting fun fact. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, So tell us your beauty story. Like, how did you get into the industry? Have you always wanted to like have your own beauty supply or was there something that made you want to get into this industry? Yes. So my journey started, like I mentioned before, I I was working for the U.S. Treasury Department as a bank examiner during the mortgage crisis. Um, So that job had, it was high intense, high pressure, a lot of anxiety, with being a bank examiner, going to all these different banks and shutting them down for the mortgage crisis. And I just knew like I had a pivot. Um, so I was thinking about grad school. Um, and then I was also thinking about entrepreneurship. And one day I was sitting in a beauty supply store after I done spent like two, $300. Um, 
And I, I just sat there and I watched the transactions just go and women just were spending money, money, money was coming through and they're spending two, $300 um, at the, at the beauty supply store. Um, but at the end of the transaction, it was a lackluster experience. And that's exactly how I felt every time I went to a beauty supply store, I was always so excited. So I was one of those girls who went to a beauty supply store, probably every single paycheck and would, it would spend a good amount of money just on beauty products. Cause it was exciting to me. It was just like self-care for me. And, um, you know, so you're excited going to the store, but then when you leave, it's like the experience was like, blah, you know, and it was just like, you know, I sat there and I, I saw the money being transacted from all of these beautiful black women. Um, and then I saw who was taking the money and their attitude. And I was just like, there has to be a way for me to get in this industry, because obviously we all know that this, it, the industry is dominated. Um, but I started researching um, I went to like my local SBA. I talked to them about the idea um, because I was still thinking about grad school and grad school was going to be another six figure investment because I went to private school. And I, and I said, you know what, if I'm going to take this money, I think I'm going to invest in myself, right? I'm going to, I want to bet on myself with this, with this venture because I think I could do well. Um, and then that's how it started. So I just started doing my research. Um, this was back in 2010. So there was like no like Facebook groups or anything like that for me to like plug into. Um, I just had to like go on Google, try to find beauty supply store owners, which I did. I traveled to them, um, you know, met them in person, told them my ideas. And by the, by the grace of God, they were all very friendly with me and helped me on my journey. That's where I met my first mentor, um, who was a beauty spot store owner for three years out in Jamaica, Queens, New York. Um, and he literally, you know, helped me through the entire pro uh, process, held my hand, um, you know, took me to different distributors. And that's how I got my start. And I, I opened literally two months after I had the idea, I opened two months after um, in September, 20, 2010. Yep. Wow. Two months after uh, you had this idea. That's interesting. So you hit the ground running. Like I hit the ground running. I was every single day. I was like either in the SBA office um, talking to one of their reps and I was, you know, going to beauty supply stores, just talking to different owners, you know, just telling them my idea. You know, I saw the space, my sister and I, we were driving around, we found the space. We were like, this is it. Um, and so it was very, very fast. I, I did a PowerPoint presentation for my family to get some funding together. Um, Cause you know, I'm a business major. So I, I know how to put a presentation together. I know what the speaking point should be. I know what the numbers should be, um, which was a good thing. You know, I was able to use my, my business education. Um, and so, you know, I was able to get some funding for my family. I used my 401k from my treasury job as well. Um, and I just kind of put all, put all that money together <laughs> and opened my store. Well, you answered the second question because I was going to ask you, like, how did you fund it? Were you so you were so I love this. So tell me about so you put together a presentation for your family. Now I don't hear this often, so I want you to share this a little bit. So you put something together, like it got your family together and showed them your ideas. And they, yeah. they must have invested in you. So tell us like, right. you know, what so, that yeah. process so this was like. Was, yeah, so this was like before crowdfunding, right? So like, again, this is like over 12 years ago where it is, you know, everything like I've, I've talked about my journey. I talk about like going out to stores and talking to people in person. Well, now you can go on Facebook, you can DM people. It's so easier. And it's like crowdfunding. You can, you know, create a video, put it up and just send people the link. I had to create a PowerPoint presentation um, where I explained my entire vision. I explained the numbers. I, ex I explained, you know, the investment. Um, and it was like, like, do you want to join this legacy? Do you want to come with me on this journey? Like I just 
painted this beautiful picture for my family. And they were so excited. Um, they were so excited to uh, support me in this journey. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, it's so important for us to like share our vision with our friends and family. Like a lot of times, like we're shy and we're quiet and, you know, we're just nervous, you know, all these things. And we don't want to seem like a failure if we, you know, say, I want to do this. And then you don't follow through or you try it and you fail, like all of these things, but I just went for it. I, I, I talked to everyone who would talk to me. I share my vision with everybody because you never know who wants to help you right? You never know who's willing to help. You know, I talk to people about it and they're like, oh, I'm a graphic designer. I can help you with flyers. Oh, I'm this. I can help you with this. So I'm a, I'm a person of like, listen, I, I talk about what I want to do because, you know, no one's going to steal an idea. No one's going to make me feel insecure about what I'm doing. You know, I'm going to go for it. So now you, you have this investment and you're ready to open. Like how, what was the process like getting your, uh, did you get a storefront? Yes. Yep. Okay. So, um, my sister and I, we were driving around the neighborhood. So one thing I knew for sure is I wanted to open a store in my community where I was born and raised. I'm a third generation um, here in Queens, New York. Uh, so I definitely wanted to open a store in the community because there was a need. Um, so we drove around. We found the location on a busy street. We reached out to the realtor who was a family friend. Um, we spoke to him, met with him. You know, we were dressed up in suits and everything. We were like, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to come correct. <laughs> and, um, and then he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll rent to you. And um, so that was like my first investment, um, you know, had to pay security. These are things I've never even done before. Like first month security, all this stuff. I was like, okay, this is, a, the money started adding up. And then um, I met my mentor. He took me around to the distributor. So here in New York City, we're blessed. We have a lot of distributors um, here. So I didn't really have to, you know, try to outsource a lot of things. We were able to drive to a lot of distributors. So I was able to get inventory. He also sold me a lot of inventory. He took me to places where to get shelving. Um, so, you know, having a mentor was such a blessing, right? Cause it, like, he just literally showed me everything. Um, he showed me where he get his shelving, inventory, things of that nature, you know, cash register. Again, I didn't have a POS system, but I do teach now that you must have a POS system, right? Don't make the same mistakes I'd made. Um, and then, yeah, I had a soft launch um, in September and, you know, I invited my, my church family um, and friends and we had the soft launch and, and then um, almost two months later, we had a grand opening. Great, great. So how, like, I was just going to ask you like vendors because I want, I want to ask you because you're the expert in this because now I know you're helping people do exactly what you did. And I've talked to many people who are in the beauty supply industry and we know it's dominated um, by people yeah. that are, don't look like us. And it's sometimes hard for us to get into the industry because it's hard, like the uh, minimum, the order minimum quantities from vendors and things of that nature. Right. So, but it sounds like, you know, because of where you're, you're located, you had a lot of connections and you were able to get products, but can you speak to like, you know, what it's like trying to get vendors and, you know, consistently Absolutely. having the, the high demand products in your store? Absolutely. So Woo. back then, um, it was very, very hard to get vendors, right? So my experience like 10 years ago was like, I would call vendors up and if I didn't speak the native tongue, which was Korean, they would literally just hang up on you. They didn't want to have anything to do with you. What? Yes. I got hung up on, right? It, that's how it was back then. Things have definitely changed and the barrier to entry has, has lowered, and especially because of the economic climate that we've been in a lot of these vendors have been called out for a lot of their, their racist practices and, you know, shutting out um, black entrepreneurs in the industry. 
Um, so that's a great thing, right? The, the, this movement has really changed um, the barriers to entry. And so the doors are really wide open. So now you can be able to call up vendors. You can tell them where you're located. Um, they'll come out to your store. Um, a lot of them, you know, still have some practices that um, where, you know, there's these mile radius. So you can't, you know, be by another beauty supply store. Um, but a lot of them now have changed their practices, which is great. Um, and so you can get, you know, you can get accounts if your store is not around other beauty supply stores. Um, there's a lot of third party vendors now that you can get accounts, even if you can't go directly um, to the vendors, which was my issue at first. So I could not go directly. I, they weren't able to open any accounts for me. So I literally had to purchase through my mentor. You know, I had to use him for a good percentage of my inventory for, for quite a while. Right. So if you can imagine the profit margin on that, if you have to go through a middle person, right, and you're not going directly to the manufacturer, you know, your margins are going to be squeezed. Another thing that I talk about a lot in my program. So now as I'm building up, um, you know, relationships with vendors, um, which is another part of the business, it's just building those relationships, right? Um, I was able to get accounts. And once I was able to get accounts directly, then I was able to get terms. And so that's really when my business really, really starting to pick up was like two to three years, you know, actually in business. So, um, mm -hmm. So now I try to like really, you know, fast track people, like go straight directly to them, ask for the terms right away so that you can fast track it because it took me a while. So what was it like during those first three years? <sighs> Very tough, right? So, you know, here in New York City is like literally one of the toughest places to do business, right? So everything that could have happened to me happened to me. Um, I always had employees. So, you know, sometimes you have good employees, sometimes you have bad employees. Um, I operated the business full time, right? So I didn't have a nine to five. I operated the business full time. So I was there all the time. All the customers knew who I was. They knew my family. Again, we were a third generation of the, of the community that I opened in. Um, so, you know, it was, it was, you know, good and bad. I love the fact that I was able to be there full time um, in the beginning because it, get, it gave me the opportunity to really understand this business in and out, right? I love the fact, even though at the time I was like, God, this is so hard. Um, but I truly, truly appreciate the fact that I did open in New York City where, you know, the cost of living is astronomical and you really have to be so savvy to make money here in New York City um, just because of the cost of living. Because you know, opening a store down South in Atlanta, you know, the prices is going to be the same as here in New York. So I really had to sit down and figure out, okay, how do I increase my traffic? Because I cannot make money when I have like 10 customers a day. So I, I literally, I sat down in those first three years and I figured out all of these different formulas, conversions, like if I do this, then this can increase. So I sat down those, for those first three years. Um, that was the training ground for me. And I, and I figured out different formulas, different like retail strategies to make my business work in New York City and to make it work for me. Because again, I was working there full time. You know, I have to pay myself. I have to pay other people so much. Um, so it was it was such a blessing now that, I'm, <laughs> now that I'm able to talk about it 12 years later. Um, but at the time, it was it was insane. But this gave me, again, the opportunity to sit down and really focus on the formulas, right? Because that's the key to retail. You have to understand your formulas. You have to understand your, num your numbers. And you, you need to be able to convert those things. 
Mm -hmm. Now, so when you say formula, was it like figuring out like, you know, like you say, your numbers and conversions and everything and and, well, how to market it, how to get more people into the store. So what were some of the things that you did in order to do that? So, so the first thing to get more people into the store to answer that part, right. um, Because I was like one of the first black owned stores, I knew that, you know, I wanted to, to tap into a market that the other stores weren't currently tapped into. So I focus on natural hair care products, right? This was way before like Target and Walmart and all these big box retailers were checking for natural hair care products. Um, so that was like my first strategy um, is just really be, being, um, you know, ears to the ground, understanding like what is the newest trend? Like what, what can I tap into? That was the first thing that helped us really grow really, really fast. So I connected with a lot of influencers here in New York City. Um, we did pop-up shops just really out of the box things like 10 years ago, no beauty supply store was doing a pop-up shop. They weren't doing events. They weren't doing anything like that. Right. You, you would never see that. I did stuff like that. I wanted to show my customers again, a good experience. You know, I want you to come in here and have the champagne experience that you have when you go to a Nordstrom or a Saks Fifth, you know, Saks Fifth Avenue. I wanted you to have the same experience. Um, and so that by itself, my customers came in and they became loyal customers immediately. And so that's what I tell people all the time where I hear a lot, you know, there's a lot of beauty supply stores in my area. I don't want to go oversaturated, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, if you deliver an experience where people feel good, right? Because we're not just selling products, we're selling confidence, we're selling a feeling, that's intangible, right? So if you can be able to do that, they will immediately become loyal customers for you. And I had to figure that out, right? So that was one of the first things I figured out, like, how can I change the experience? How can I make these customers become loyal? Um, you know, how can I increase the retention of my customers? So those are like some of the formulas that I started to figure out, like retention rates, how often someone shops with you. These are all of the things. And if I can multiply that, so instead of you coming to me um, and shopping with me once a month, how can I get you to come in every two weeks, like me, right? I was shopping at the beauty supply store every two weeks. So those were some of the things that I really, really drilled down on very early in the game to help me like rinse and repeat and increase my traffic in my store. Introducing the Beauty Business Explosion, the virtual conference for beauty professionals. Join us Sunday, March the 20th at 3 p.m. for powerful strategies to explode your beauty business in 2022. Beauty professionals, are you ready to make 2022 your best year? Learn how to structure your beauty business, level up your income effectively, market your beauty brand to attract more clients, You don't want to miss this phenomenal event with three industry coaches, three live training sessions, and a live hot seat coaching and Q&A sessions with the coaches. Brandi Taylor, the beauty business coach, Mickey Wright, the salon pricing strategist, and Kanisha Coleman, the beauty CPA. You can get your tickets at businessbeautynetwork.com forward slash events. That's businessbeautynetwork.com forward slash events. Hope to see you there. Okay, so when did you see the shift? So now you've you've had a few years in and you've learned how to shift some things. You're getting you doing these events and pop-up shops and things are starting to grow and change. So to kind of take us through that part. So yeah, so after um yeah, so after the second, third year and people really starting to notice me, um, and you know, 
we were getting people from like other boroughs, even other states. We got a lot of people from Jersey to come out and shop with us. You know, I really realized that I had something very special. And that's when I started to think about scaling and growing. Um, so we, um, so I have an eye in the Caribbean and I was like, you know, like, like, I think this would be a fabulous idea for us to do a fabulous Freddy's in Bermuda. So we, we launched that. I did the website, uh, e-commerce website as well to just continue to put my name out there. Um, and then I just, collaboration was like number one and it still is right to this day right collaboration is still number one I think it's just like one of the best strategies to help your business grow um so I you know I my main strategy was like I want to be the first person to get whatever new natural product whatever the fad is whatever people are talking about I want to be the first person to have that in the store and I want to get the owner to come out I want to collaborate however we can um, to deliver that not only to the customers, but also, you know, when you have a black owned brand in your store, you know, you're able to deliver a different type of experience if that person versus that person going to like target and they don't get any conversation. There's, you know, you don't know about the owner, things of that nature. So that was another part of my strategy is like when people come in the store, I'm going to talk to them about these black owned brands. I'm going to talk to them about the owner. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to deliver more, right. I'm just going to deliver more. Um, and so that led me to wanting to open a Brooklyn location. Um, that was like around year five. We did a crowdfunding campaign. <laughs> um, I was able to do a video, send out a link. Um, make, we raised money for the Brooklyn store. Um, but at this time, I really started to um, get into the consulting. So a lot of people by this time was like asking me, oh my gosh, like, how do I do this? I want to do exactly what you're doing. But I was still operating my store full time. So obviously I could not really devote, fully commit to like really helping people open their store because I was still like operating my store full time. Um, I became a mom, uh, I got married, became a mom and um, had to make a decision <laughs> because I had two babies and I had the store and then I was helping other people. It was just like, I got to decide what I want to do. Um, and so at the time, my lo Queens location, I had already knew I wanted to move to Brooklyn. So I just decided to shut down the Queens location, um, put my inventory, everything into storage until we were ready to move into Brooklyn um, because I had two young babies and I was also pregnant. Um, and then I was going to focus on helping other women open their stores 100% like full time. So that's exactly what I did. And I said I was going to do this for like a year you know, just help other women. And then I was going to stop and then return to Brooklyn, right? That was my plan. God's plan was different. Uh, God was very clear on what he wanted me to do. He was like, absolutely not. I want you to just continue to teach these women what I gave you, the, the knowledge that I gave you. I want you to give it to other women. Um, and so people just kept coming. Like it didn't stop. It wasn't like, okay, I got, you know, I taught five women and that was it. People just kept coming. Um, and then, so I just kept consulting and that's when I officially launched the retail genius business, um, in 2017. And, um, you know, from there I, I consulted with hundreds of women, um, in 2020, um, my clients generated over 3 million in sales in their own beauty supply stores. So these are women, black owned beauty supply stores, 3 million in sales during a pandemic. It was, it was amazing. Um, and that's, you know, that was, that was the whole story. That was the whole journey. You had an awesome journey, clearly. So was there any hesitation? Like, because I know, you know, you got there, you have children and you had to stop and slow it down a little bit. And you started consulting. And you, like you said, your goal was to go back into it. To yeah, I never, <laughs> I actually never wanted to do consulting at all, right? I just, again, I was just doing it, um, you know, as I had time, right? It was, this is as I have time, I could talk to you. As I have time, I could call you back. 
as I have time, I can respond to a DM um, because I'm doing it because I'm still operating my store full time. Um, and, and the thing that I tell people like, you know, divided focus, you know, that that I'm here, I'm here and there, like, like it's going to be hard for you to scale your business. And I knew that. So that's why I, I like sat and had to make a decision. Like, do I just want to like focus on my stores and move in that direction? Or do I want to, you know, help other women and move in that direction? Because I can't do both. I cannot do both. Um, if be fully committed and fully show up. So um, I actually went back and forth. I continued on with my Brooklyn dream because that was what I wanted. And every step of the way was sabotage. God was like, I'm wow. going to, yes, down to, I'm telling you this quick story. I was at lease signing for Brooklyn, the Brooklyn location, down to lease signing. I got the loan for the location. Everything was perfect down to lease signing and it blew up in flames. The whole deal blew up in flames. And that's when I knew God was like, I'm not playing with you. Like you, you are going to put this on the side, put this on hold because I really want you to go and help these women you know, and I, and I heard it so clear. Um, and so there was hesitation because I still went in my way, but I eventually went with God's way. Awesome. So share with us what you do now with retail genius and how do you help your clients? Yes. So, so now it's, you know, looking back, you know, how I was talking about, I just wanted to do my own thing and focus on my own stores. Um, because I loved it. I love being a retailer. I loved helping women feel confident in, in the way they look and getting ready for job interviews and things of that nature. I love that. And I seriously, I never thought I would get any more fulfillment than operating my own stores. Now, the fulfillment I get is being present at grand opening, seeing other women realize the dream. Like, I'm, it just fills my heart so much to just be, I call myself the beauty supply midwife. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm watching you give birth to this baby and I'm a witness to it. And I get to help you through it and, and hold your hand through the entire process. I get so much fulfillment out of that. Um, and so I do that full time. I absolutely love it. Um, women come to me and they're like, I have this vision. I have this dream. And I'm like, let's do it. Let's go. Like, let's get the store open. Let's find the funding. Let's find the inventory. What kind of store do you want? I love going through that entire process over and over and over again to help women realize their dream. I've seen women, you know, quit their jobs in, in, in six months to go and pursue this full time. And so just being you know, a witness to all of it is just like, it's everything for me. Now, what are some of the steps you take them through? Like, I, you like, um, tell us how the program works. Cause I know you have like a few programs and you take them through. So kind of like break that yeah, down. For so us we, um, we offer two, two different programs. So we have a amazing um, boot camp program, which is my group coaching program where I teach black women um, in a collective, um, all the steps to open a store A to Z. And then we have a one-on-one -on -one program for people who are kind of busy and like kind of hands off and just like, I want you to go ahead and just do all this work for me, Janice, because I don't got the time. <laughs> so we have a one-on-one -on -one program as well. But my signature bootcamp program is, a, is the program that is just amazing. Um, we have a team of coaches now. Um, shout out to my team of coaches, Coach Sherelle, Coach Carlos, who help us train these women up to be expert beauty retailers. Um, and so we take them, it's a year long journey, um, and we take them from all of the business licenses and things of that nature, all the way to scaling and growing your store. So once you're already in business, like how do we take this up? What do we need to pour gasoline on? Same thing I was trying to figure out when I was in my store in New York, like how do I take this to the next level? We take them through that entire process in 12 months. 
Awesome. Now, uh, since you've worked with so many people who are interested in getting into the industry, share like what do you think some of the biggest misconceptions are when they first come to you? Um, that the market is oversaturated. That's a big one, right? Um, it's not oversaturated. Um, it, it, this is like having, um, you know, gas stations um, in the community, right? There's, there's, there's enough for everybody, right? There's enough for everybody to, to eat and, and to be profitable in this business. So it's not oversaturated. Um, you know, that it's going to take this astronomical number and funding to get started, right? Like a lot of people are like, I don't have enough money, but, you know, do you know how much money you need? Because I know I started with less than 20000 right, for my store. And I just really drilled down and, and made it work with a very, very limited budget, right? Um, so, you know, there's, there's, there's certain ways to open smaller and grow, right? That's, that's, that's possible. So a lot of people think they don't have enough money. So I feel like those are the two biggest things, like the, the market being oversaturated and, um, you know, I don't have enough money to open my own store. Yeah, I can see that as well, because oftentimes people don't start things because they think it's a quote that I uh, love. And it says the creation is never bigger than the creator. And so sometimes okay. I think with, with maybe when someone thinks of opening a beauty supply, right? They're like, oh, my God, it's going to cost so much money. It's a beauty supply everywhere. How am I going to you know, make a difference in this industry? How am I going to stand out at my little store over here? And I think what they're doing is they're making it bigger than them. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it is a, you know, it is a scary thing, you know, open a physical location. It's not like an online business where it's like, you can put up a website, take it down. Um, and so I do understand the element of fear in starting. I was, I also had that. Um, and that's why, you know, it's so important to literally have someone that can hold your hand through the process and have a mentor um, that can guide you because it, the startup cost is, is pretty heavy in the front, right? So you're always going to have costs, of course, in your retail business, but the startup cost is pretty heavy in the front. So um, you do want to make sure that you're really strategic about how you spend those funds in the beginning. Yes, yes. So through your program, you help them get like their licenses and, and all the paperwork ready. Yeah. And um, so tell us some of the things like the funding and all of that or vendors. Is that something you help them with as well? And like if you yeah. could share like some examples or, or something, for sure, that would yeah. be great. So, um, you know, so the going back to like one of the biggest obstacles or, or mindset hurdles for people is like getting the vendors, um, funding, um, understanding the business licenses. So those things like we conquer like in the very beginning stages um, in the program. So um, within the program, like we literally list out all of like the funding resources that a lot of our clients were successful in, um, myself and the coaches, including. Um, we, we talk a lot about um, vendors, um, vendor relationships. You know, I have, a, I literally have a script in my program of like literally what to say word for word. Um, when you're calling vendors so that they can take you seriously and they get you can get accounts open for your store. Um, so we go through all of that. I also have like a list of vendors um, that I have relationships with for the past 10 years. So I'm like, here, this is the number to this person. You know, they know me very well and they know that you're coming through this program. So, you know, they have a better chance of getting um, accounts if you kind of go through someone, if they know that you're getting some type of formal education, um, you know, so that, you know, you can come correct with a lot of these vendors because they, they are really, really like, I don't have time. I don't have time to teach you. I don't have time to show you. Um, so that's where I come in. You know, I teach you all these things. I teach you how to order stuff, quantities, things of that nature. We go through all of that in the program. Great, great. 
Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, so tell us like, what has been the biggest lesson you've learned so far on your entrepreneurial journey? Um, I would say the biggest lesson is mindset, right? Because um, this entrepreneurial journey, there's a lot of ups and downs. And if you're, if you don't have like the right mindset, I say like mindset is probably like 99% uh, uh, business, right? And the strategy is like 1%. Um, and so it's just my set, just going through all the obstacles, just making sure that you are, you're plugged into the, to the right outlets. You're watching the right things. You have the right mentors around you. You have the right community around you because that could change everything for you. Right. So as long as you have a strong mindset, you will be successful in, in whatever you do, whatever you decide to do, if it's beauty supply, beauty salon, whatever, um, mindset is so, so important. Can you give some examples of how you can work on your mindset? Oh, yes. Um, I work on my mindset daily. So I start with like podcasts like this, um, audio books, self-help books, um, you know, investing in yourself. I invest in my personal development, masterminds, courses, um, just being just being plugged in and being sharp. Right. Because, you know, social media will have you thinking everybody's successful. Everyone's a millionaire. Um, but really being plugged in community is so important to me as well. Like I mentioned, I'm in, in a few different masterminds, you know, where I can constantly be around the right mindset, you know, people who are like-minded, right? Um, because, you know, a lot of us, we don't come from families of, of entrepreneurs, so they don't really get it. You know, if, if I went to private school, it was really expensive for my parents. So when I talk about, you know, wanting to open a store, they're like, wait, you want to do what? No, girl, you're going to go and use this degree and, <laughs> and, and, and work in corporate America, right? <laughs> So yeah, so surrounding yourself around like-minded individuals who understand and get you. Because, you know, for me as a young entrepreneur, I started at 23 when I opened my first store. Um, I listened to my parents and, you know, when things got tough and my mom would suggest, well, maybe you should just close the store and just go back to working that good job you had, you know? And I was young. And so I was like, man, maybe I should. Um, but then I would plug into my mentor who was just like, keep going right? Keep going. So that two years turned into three and then three years turned into four and five and six. And I, I look up and we were open for over eight years, right? And so, you know, that is, that is what is so important. It's just like, again, plugging into the right people, you know, sharpening, you know, sharpening your mind every single day, reading, you know, learning your industry. That's exactly what I did. I read retail books. I went to retail seminars. You know, those things are so important for your mindset. I absolutely agree with that. Because, and then I love that you had a mentor even at that young age, because right. I know as an entrepreneur, there's going to be a point where you feel like quitting. Like we all go through that, right? And so, and sometimes some people do quit because they just don't have the support system or a right. mentor or a coach or someone to tell them, let's just keep going. You know, right. it's, you know, it's not as bad as it seems. You're almost there. Just keep going. You know, they don't have anyone like that or, or they don't see, like, I love that you're at masterminds because I've done masterminds before too. They don't see other successful people that look like them. Right. Or yeah. They're not having conversations with people that are doing what they're doing. So it could be very a lonely road as well. Yeah. So it's really, you know, important to, to have, like you said, a community, mentors and working on your mindset. So I love that. I love that. So where are some of your favorite places to go for motivation? Um, hmm. So um, for, for me, my, my favorite book is the Bible. I love the book of Proverbs. It's, it's the book of wisdom. Um, so that's, pro that's like my main source um, is definitely 
um, the Bible in the book of Proverbs. That's number one. Um, the, 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 probably the second place I, I love podcasts. Um, one of my favorite podcasts is by my leak. Um, I listen to her podcast. Um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a minister's, minister's daughter. So I love all things ministry, all things church. I love TD Jakes. He's one of my favorite podcasts. Um, and so I go to him for a lot of motivation as well. Um, and then uh, the masterminds that, I, that I'm in, right? So it's not just business in these masterminds. It's, it's, you know, it's a community of people who are like-minded. So, you know, I get a lot of motivations just straight from there, to be honest with you. Great, great. So you have so many great things going on. You have the retail genius. Uh, what are you excited about right now? Is there anything in a mix or coming up? Yes. So we have taken our bootcamp program on the road. So now we have a two-day conference. Um, and so we are going to actually be in Atlanta, March 11th and 12th. So we have two-day conference. We actually launched this last year um, as a tour. So we went to Atlanta, Dallas, um, and New York City um, with our tour. And we you know, met people and we're able to teach in person. And it's just it's such a awesome, dynamic, impactful weekend for entrepreneurs who are looking into anything beauty, right? So we have vendors come out. Um, we have uh, our coaches come out of, as well, just kind of teach you how to start um, your own beauty supply business. So um, again, we're going to be in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, March 11th and March 12th. Um, tickets for that is uh, the beauty supply bootcamp weekend.com if anyone's interested. Um, but yeah, that is, that's what we have going on. I'm so excited about that. Awesome. Awesome. I'll make sure that I have all of the links in the show notes as well. So what advice would you give someone that has been procrastinating or allowing fear to stop them from starting their own beauty supply? And this is something that they really want to do. Like what advice would you give that person? Just realize tomorrow's not promised to you. That's number one. Um, to procrastinate is to assume that tomorrow's promised to you and it's not right. So don't put off don't, don't put the dream off, right? Because you're going to look, you know, and it's going to be two, three years later. And you're going to be like, man, I wish I opened the store a year ago, two years ago. And there's going to be another um, entre entrepreneur open the store in the community. I hear that a lot. You know, I want to be the first black owner in my community and someone else opened. Um, so don't put, don't push it off. Just go for it. You know, just, just again, find a mentor, find a coach that can help you and just go for it. Do it, get it done. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's been absolutely great speaking with you today, Janice, and having you on the show. Can you share with everybody how they could connect with you and reach you and everything? Yes. So you guys can follow me on Instagram. Um, it's at the Retail Genius on Instagram. And we also have a um, amazing um, mentorship group on Facebook. It's called the Black Beauty Supply Power Circle group. I go live in there. Um, lots of gyms, lots of trainings in there for free. So you can join that group as well. Awesome. Awesome. Janice Frederick Spell, everybody, as always, stay great. And we are out. Bye. Thank you. If you haven't heard of Gloss Genius and are serious about improving your beauty business, I suggest you check it out. Gloss Genius has become one of the industry's leading booking, marketing, and payment apps. And it's the only one that's smart, stylish, and here to support you. Tens of thousands of independent and small teams across salons or spas nationwide trust Gloss Genius to help them run their business. 
we can see why. You get beautiful, customized booking websites, easy client marketing tools, and the lowest fees on built-in payments and many more features for one low monthly price. The best part is that the Business Beauty Network podcast listeners get 20% off your monthly subscription, which makes your subscription under $20 per month. On top of that, the team at Glush Genius will move all of your client info over, any notes, upcoming appointments, and services for free within a couple of days of signing up. To sign up for Gloss Genius, download the Gloss Genius app in your phone on the App Store and enter the code BBNBOSS. That's BBNBOSS. You will find more information in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also email us at bbnetworkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and at Exquisite Looks. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Exquisite Looks. And you can check out my website at ExquisiteLooks.com. I really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon. Remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.